You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about how we capture family memories. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I have a cat adventure story to tell. Hmm. So we don't have screens in a lot of our windows. Just a few of them have screens. And those are screens that I made shortly after we bought our house and moved in. And I still have all the supplies to make the rest, but haven't. So there's that. But we like to put a fan in the window. And it's specially made fan that you have extensions on the end that you can spread it out so that it covers the window. And then you put the sash of the window down to the very top. Yes. So that it's held in place. And then if the air Mm -hmm. outside is cooler... You open a window somewhere else, it draws air in. Well, one of our cats, Sherlock, figured out that he could knock the fan out and jump out the window. Mm. Uh huh. So he had done that once earlier in the day when I was not home, Andrew was home. And luckily, he ran right up on the back porch. Andrew got him right back inside. And then we put the fan back in the window and we thought all was well and that he wouldn't do it again because he had freaked himself out. Well, he did it again at 930 at night on a Saturday (laughs) night. Uh huh. Which is so annoying. It's dark outside, walking around with the treats and the food can around our block, trying to get him (laughs) to come back, trying to even see where he is, have no idea where he is. And then I think Andrew went to bed and I was like, okay, I'll look for a while and then see if I see him. And then I was shining my bright bike light because Mm -hmm. it's like the brightest light that we have. was shining it and I saw little glowing eyeballs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was him so I was like oh Sherlock you know come back he ran away from me because <laughs> he was freaked out mm-hmm. I was in our neighbor's yard trying to get him he went over the fence into another neighbor's yard so I went in that yard I'm like hopefully no one is gonna think I'm an intruder right <laughs> and then I was like I saw him and he's in the yard right next to ours and I was like come on Sherlock let's go here's the treats you know I would like shine the light on my face so he could see me mm-hmm. and like know that it was me and he ran into their crawl space no so I knew they were out of town so I opened their crawl space and went underneath crawled army crawled yep in the mud in their crawl space and he came to me and I had him and then I was like trying to kind of like scoot out while holding him and he freaked <laughs> out and ran back away and he ran to this part of the crawl space that's under their front porch so it's like really short so I couldn't yes. get back in there so anyway then I got a tape measure <laughs> Like a Uh big construction tape measure so I could extend it and poke him to see if I could get him to come out. (laughs) And I got him out, but then he was away. He was gone. I took a shower. I put my mud-covered clothes in the dirty clothes. (laughs) And I went to bed. At 4.30 the next morning, so like four hours later, basically, another of our cats knocked one of my plants off the shelf in the kitchen and smashed the ceramic pot. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was up already. So after I cleaned that up, I went and I was like, well, I'll just make another loop to see if Sherlock will come. Couldn't find Sherlock. I was about to come back in the back door. And up he comes onto the back porch, uh-huh. tail high in the air, very proud of himself. Here I am. And I was like, get in the house. So <laughs> he's home safely. We have not used the window fan. I think if we're going to use it, I need to build the screen for that window. So even if he yeah. knocks the fan out, he can't get in. Mm-hmm. But all's well that ends well. It was quite an adventure. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. This is not encouraging me to change my stance on having pets. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> What's new with you, Sarah? 
the remodel on our house is starting. Yay! I am feeling very proud. This is something we have been talking about for years and have been very slow about taking actual steps, but we have a contractor. (laughs) The first step has been to build a door between this one room and the addition of our house, Mm -hmm. and that is done. Love the light coming in. Just feels like we're really moving forward. I do hate all the decisions we have to make. It's lots of decisions. Mm. Figuring out design stuff is not my forte. We don't really want to hire and pay for a designer, but I can see why that's a good idea. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Because it's been a real challenge, but we are doing it, getting things ordered, and it just feels great to be making progress. Awesome. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I recently finished Listen to Me Good, The Life Story of an Alabama Midwife by Margaret Charles Smith and Linda Janet Holmes. And Margaret Charles Smith is the midwife. Mm -hmm. And Linda Janet Holmes is a researcher and academic. And so Holmes writes sort of these intro pieces that give the historical context Mm -hmm. of whatever story you're about to hear from Margaret Charles Smith. And then the Margaret Charles Smith part is in her voice. Like, they haven't really edited mm-hmm. it. They haven't really changed it. It's very oral history feeling, which was similar to yeah. another midwifery book that I read that was another Alabama midwife. So I really enjoyed it. And I felt like the two different authors and the pieces helped break it up so mm. that you had the context rather than just the whole oral history, which can feel kind of overwhelming to digest or just a kind of drier historical perspective. It was really nice to have both. And just, again, really important to hear from these Black midwives who were basically the foremothers of this profession in the United States and then were basically eliminated by the white medical establishment, including doctors and nurses, in the 70s and on from there. So yeah, really recommend it, especially if midwifery or like the history of reproductive health is something that you're interested in. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. What have you been reading, Sarah? I am in my usual reading slump this time of year. Plus, with having schoolwork, I just feel like there is less time. And I thought, you know what it's time for? It's time for my fourth reread of A Court of Mist and Fury, which is (laughs) the second book in the Court of Thorns and Roses series. I do not like the first book. I liked it okay the first time that I read it, Uh but upon subsequent rereads, really do not like that one, but love the next two, with the second being my favorite. This time I decided to listen to it mostly. Mm. I was looking for something I could listen to on runs that I didn't have to worry if I missed a little bit. Sure. And since this is my fourth time through, (laughs) felt okay about it. I will say I still love the book very much. Do not love the audio. Would not recommend. Some of the voices were not at all what I expected. And not the voices themselves, but the intonation Mm -hmm. and the interpretation of the dialogue. It's like, no, that's not how it goes. I kept thinking that. Still made it through the 24-hour audiobook, so (laughs) take that for what it is. But I am just here to recommend rereading. Sometimes it's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It can be so comforting. Indeed. Let's move into our topic for today, which is capturing family memories. Let's start by sharing our overall philosophy. My overall philosophy is that I try to capture family memories, but I am not great at it. 
and that I really mostly use family photos for gifts for the grandparents. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's my main driving force behind the capturing. And then it's just a benefit that you also have the documentation. Yeah, but to be honest, I don't know that I even look back at it that much. Hmm. I mean, sometimes I do, but not that much. Fair. My philosophy is that leading a life that we love is the most important thing Mm. and how well that is documented is not. I think I've embraced this philosophy because I'm not very good at capturing family memories and there's a lot that I have already forgotten. And just seeing what is out there on the internet, lots of people do a great job of this and have lots of ideas of how you can capture memories, document milestones, have it all organized. And I have just not had the experience where implementing that is fun and or something I can generally devote my time to or want to devote my time to, I guess I should say. (laughs) And whether we remember it or not, things still happened. And I am just trying to lean into enjoying the moment. And if there is documentation of it, great. But if there's not, it doesn't mean it wasn't important and valuable part of our lives. I agree. I also try and embrace the idea that a small amount is enough, that I don't look back and have every single piece of my childhood that I can look back on in beautiful family photo albums by year. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't feel like a loss to me. There are enough photos. There's enough stories. That I don't feel like something is missing, even though it is not documented to great detail. Mm -hmm. And just think that's going to be okay for our kids, too. Mm -hmm. With that intro, that we're both not really doing a great job at this, (laughs) let's share what strategies we are using in our families to capture memories. I take a fair number of photos on my phone. And then I store them in Google Photos, which is a shared account with Andrew, so that Mm -hmm. our photos all go in by date together, which I really like. You know, if he gets a good picture of something and I don't, it's a nice sort of backup. And then I have printed a photo book of the kids every 18 months or so of their life Mm -hmm. so that they can look back at themselves when they were babies. Do you make separate albums for each kid or do you do some that are just together family photo albums? I have done separate for each kid just so they each have one that they can look at in their own room. I've really only ever done one for Pepper that I did right around when he turned two. He's probably due for another one, to be honest, but I haven't done one (laughs) for Plum in a while either. I started out doing it because I would make a little book Mm -hmm. for Andrew's parents every Christmas And I would just do one for Plum at the same time. But I don't have like a defined strategy (laughs) that I use. Fair. And then we have gotten family photos taken several times with our favorite photographer who lives in North Mm. Carolina, Mm -hmm. who has become a friend. And I love them, but I don't feel the need to print them because Mm. I don't love them as a decorating choice. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we have decorated in the past with our wedding photos and stuff, and I feel like something about that just doesn't resonate for me anymore. But I do love having those, and those are ones that we do look back on 
that I have included in the kids' books that I've printed Mm -hmm. and that I use for things. Like, for instance, Pepper's school asked for a family photo, and I was really pleased Mm. to have, like, a really nice one that we could send from that. And then in terms of other ways of remembering memories that aren't photos... I use the app Little Hoots, which you subscribe to, and I think it's a yearly subscription of like $30. Mm-hmm. And you can put quotes or stories of your kids, and you can include a picture or not. And so at these ages, when they're saying really funny stuff, yeah, I really love that it saves an image of it that can then also go into our Google Photos in time mm-hmm. so that that will serve kind of as a, a little bit like a baby book, but so much more low-key. <laughs> yes. I love that idea. What are your family memory capturing look like, Sarah? I also have created two photo books, one for each of them for the first year of their life. Mm. They were completed much after they turned one. And it had photos from every month of their first year. And then at the end was a list of milestones that we had written down. Like, oh, nice. First time they rolled over, etc. I have not made one since then. I love the idea of creating a photo book every year Mm. of our family photos. Part of the problem with that would be I don't take very many photos. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess there would be fewer to sift through to put into the album. (laughs) Sure. But my kids really don't like when I take their photos right now. HP will only be in a photo if he is making a face. And I have just totally let that go. It's fine. (laughs) But we have years of photos of silly faces. (laughs) I have no idea how much longer that will continue, but I assume at some point it will stop. Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Who can say for (laughs) sure? For storing the photos that we do take, I also use Google Photos. That's newer for me. We had used Flickr in the past, but then they started charging and I got it together at the beginning of this year to get everything transferred. And I do appreciate the organization of Google Photos. So that has been going well. There's definitely more culling of photos that could happen to make it a little more streamlined, but not super high on my priority list at the moment. We have never done professional photos. Mm. Hearing you talk about it makes me think that it would be nice to have those photos as a family because we don't. Not sure how that would go over with my crew. Not sure (laughs) what the outcome would be there, but... It has never been something we've wanted to prioritize spending money on. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be an overall stressful experience. And like you, we don't put up family photos in our house. Mm -hmm. I don't love it as a decorating choice. Also, I don't really want to look at pictures of our family on the wall. I don't know if that sounds odd, but it's just not something that calls to me or that Mm. feels like it's missing from our space. Mm -hmm. I remember reading a book. It was like something in this house feels odd. What is it? We're trying to put our finger on what makes this house seem so strange and unlike any other house. (laughs) And it was that there were no family photos. And I was like, hmm. (laughs) But it's true. It's not my favorite. In terms of stuff that comes home from school, they each have a folder titled Memories in our file folder box. And I just put in stuff there that Seems worthy of keeping different things that they've written, a few art pieces. I don't put too much in there, but enough that there's something from every year Mm -hmm. of school that they've gone through. Sometimes I feel bad about how much I recycle. And then I remember my parents and Neil's parents gave us the boxes of stuff they had kept throughout our childhood. Mm -hmm. And it was fun to go through and look at it and see all of the things, but 
98% of that ended up getting recycled. Right. I think we each saved a very, very few pieces from that. And so I just try and keep that in mind too. Like, do my children really want boxes and boxes of stuff that they created? Or do they just need a couple of things to look back on? Mm -hmm. I think definitely a couple of things is plenty. Have your strategies for capturing memories changed as your children have grown? When I was first pregnant with Plum, I blogged a lot. Mm -hmm. I wrote private blogs that I didn't share with anyone that were letters to her before I even knew who she was. And so that exists Mm -hmm. out there. I mean, who knows if anyone will ever even look at it again. But that's not something that I have done in a long time. And then also when she was born, we started off using an app called Life Cake that I loved. And it was a phone app and it was sort of like Google Photos, but it was more curated. Mm -hmm. And then you could invite family members to view basically the feed of photos or notes from your kid. And that was actually really awesome. And it seemed like it was really affordable at first. And then I think Canon, the photography company, was the one supporting it. And then they were no longer supporting it. So it switched hands. It became much more expensive. There was a chance to go over to the new version of whatever it was, which I'm not even sure what that is. But it felt like that's too much money. We're not committing to that. And so then we sort of lost out. But that was the thing that entertained Plum the most when she was little on my phone mm-hmm. was looking at pictures of herself. And it was really safe because yeah. it was really curated. It was only the feed of her or we could open it up to other family members and friends who were using the same app and she could look at mm-hmm. other babies too. Yeah. And that's not something that we do as much anymore. We, for a while, used Google Photos to make specific albums that could be shared with grandparents mm-hmm. of the kids but that went by the wayside with things getting busier and it feeling like too much work so yeah those are the things that we have kind of left behind the other thing is that i share a fair amount on private instagram of my kids mm-hmm. which has served as sort of another kind of like micro blogging thing but i've noticed that as they've gotten older it's felt less easy to just throw something up there with me Mm -hmm. just thinking about it. And it feels more like I want to be checking in with them about what they want to be sharing or not. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that is also going to decrease as they get older. Yeah. In terms of changes for our family, I took a lot more photos when they were younger. I got a DSLR camera when HP was a baby, and I took an adult photography class through UT Austin, Mm -hmm. which was really fun, really enjoyed taking those photos, and I'm really glad that I have them. But as I said, they're not very interested in being photographed now, and we don't take a ton of photos. And the ones I take now are with my phone. I did get a five-year line-a-day journal last fall. I had seen other folks talking about this, and it seemed like a great way to write down what's happening Mm -hmm. and have a record of it, but fairly low pressure. And I have been writing in it fairly consistently since September. I don't do it every day, but usually once or twice a week, I'll sit down and catch up and think back over the last few days and what it is I want to write down from that. I wish I had done it when they were younger. I think it would be really great to have that consistent documentation through those first five years when they're changing so much. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I couldn't have kept up with that. I wouldn't have kept up with it. It is very much an aspirational regret of mine. Yeah. Where the reality is that 
would have felt like too much for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I have it now. There's still a lot of fun things to capture at the ages they are now. And a lot of it can seem pretty boring, but it does help trigger the memories that when I look back, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember what was going on that week. Just having that little bit to spark the memory has been really nice. I love that. I might do this as well. You should share the link to the journal that you bought so that we can do it if we want to. Happy to do so. I also used to write monthly blog posts about the kids and what was happening with them each month. I struggled to be consistent then, but I'm glad for what I did capture. And I also created a private blog that just had random tidbits of the things that they say, sort of like what you were describing with the app that you're Mm -hmm. using. At some point, I should gather all of that together and print it out and put it in the kids' folders so that Mm. it's not just living in internet places that only I have access to. Right. Based on this conversation, is there anything that you're hoping to change or incorporate going forward to better capture your family's memories? You mentioning your DSLR camera has reminded me that occasionally I've gotten mine out to take pictures of the Mm -hmm. kids, especially in years that we aren't doing family photos. We've sort of done them sporadically, like in Plum's first fall we did, and then right after Pepper was born. And then last summer we were able to go back to North Carolina and get them. But this year we're not planning a trip there Mm -hmm. because of life. And so we probably won't have family photos. So I'm inspired by this conversation to get out the DSLR and maybe take some good photos of the kids this summer. And then, like I said, I love the line of day journal idea. So I am inspired to start that soon. Both of those seem very doable. Mm -hmm. I would love to get my act together, read digital photos a little bit better, just doing once a week when I sit down to do the line a day, going through and deleting Mm. the photos that we don't need. Thinking about everything in the past feels overwhelming, but I feel like I could do a better job going forward Mm. and just thinking about little ways to make that happen. My very aspirational dream is to sort through all the photos on the hard drive that we have, but it is a hot mess over there. (laughs) Whenever I start to go through it, I get so overwhelmed and give up. So good luck to whoever's sorting through that when we die. (laughs) If that is even technology that still is accessible, right? Yes. That has been part of what's been hard is we've stored photos all these different places in the cloud that we had done Shutterfly right when HP was born. And then we were doing Flickr and then that was costing money and we were doing Google Drive and now we've moved to Google Photos. And I think everything has moved there, but I don't know because there's so much going on with it all. It feels hard to be on top of that. Mm -hmm, For sure. That's why I'm keeping the bar low, friends. (laughs) It may never happen. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our conversation about capturing family memories. Listeners, if you have any good hacks or ideas that we should know about, please share them with us on Instagram. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. We have been making pizzas with naan bread that you can buy at the store. Mm. It's been a nice thing to keep the naan bread in the freezer and then have pizza sauce, and it's something we can just throw together really quickly. Mm -hmm. I have been enjoying having them with pepperoni, peppers, olives, and onions. And then my latest fancy trick has been to add some fig jam on top. Mm. I bought this fig jam. No one else in the family but me likes it. Just fine. More for me. I love it. (laughs) 
I love the sweet and savory combination on a pizza. Mm-hmm. I also love pizza with hot honey on oh, it. I love that too. <laughs> so good. So the fig jam is just another iteration of that combination. And I love it. So good. Highly recommend. Does everybody in your family make their own pizza? We usually do four pizzas. Uh-huh. And then like one and a half are things that the kids like, which is olives. And then the other ones are things that Neil and I like. And then I just put the fig jam on the part that I know that I'll eat because that's not his preference. Nice. What have you been eating? I want to share about some fancy ramen that (laughs) my friend Thomas made while we were camping. So he brought me chili crisp, which is a seasoning thing in a jar. And I think you can get a version of this at Trader Joe's. I'm sure it is in the international section of the supermarket in other places but he brought Mm -hmm. a really fancy one for a food gift and it's basically like a paste that's chilies and savory and hot and oil okay what we did was take just regular ramen noodle packet boil the water we cracked eggs in i brought eggs from our chickens we cracked eggs in to sort of do an egg drop soup thing which i know you like mm-hmm. sarah i love it yep we put a little of the seasoning in we put some dried mushrooms from a bag in so they would rehydrate and be mushroomy mm-hmm. in there then we added the chili crisp we added the noodles last and then it was amazing it was one of the best camping dinners that I have had. Oh, and he had avocado, and we put that on top so for mm. something a little fresh. But it was, like, okay. hot, savory. It was awesome for a kind of cool night in the campground. Sounds so good. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today in the show notes in your podcast player or on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. sidebar we should probably have an episode about this i just am in like such a decorating funk like we have almost nothing on the walls still here